Okay. Uh, so last week we 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 kind of started off uh, talking about. Uh, there's going to be more where that came from. I think I got the code. Yeah, yeah well, I'll, I'll, I'll stay over here. I noticed that lots of people have flocked around you, too. So. I have that power. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do we do with new information? Last week we talked about, we, we, we just talked about the, the concept of new information. Um, and and uh, as I hoped things would go, uh, somebody came up to me after class and asked me a challenging question that I thought we should talk about that next week. Um, and, and, and so for the second week in a row, I'm not handing out a syllabus because I want to talk about something different next week, but I just don't know what that is. Um, but my point last week was that, uh, that the way that, that, that Christianity, the Christian model of go ye into the world and find new stuff and find new people has been overall a good thing. Uh, it, is, it is an explanation for uh, why we have tried to explore uh, uh, explore the sciences, even though it ha we haven't always gotten it right uh, with, with our relationship with the sciences. But there's a difference between a go ye into the world place, uh, go ye into the world mindset, and a come make a pilgrimage to me mindset, and and. And the, the humility that's involved of, I need to go other places because I don't know all there is to know. There may be things that may be helpful outside of the world that I know. Uh, has been a good thing. But somebody asked me last week, yeah, um, you know, I'm not sure that, that Galileo, as he was being locked away for saying that, that, the, uh, that the earth goes around the sun and the, the, the moons go around the planets, uh, I'm not sure he would agree uh, that that Christianity is at its best when we have these types of discussions, and I, I said, well, let's that may, maybe maybe the way we treat Galileo won't be on our greatest hits album, right? Um, may, may, maybe we got that one wrong. Uh, I, I do I do believe that the planets go around the sun. I I, I believe that strongly. Um, uh, but I, I also believe that it's a story that. It's a relationship, it's a discussion that can't happen very quickly. It hasn't happened very quickly at this point. Um, and, and I think we're all still learning. I think that the faith community is still, has, still has many things to learn. I think the science community still has many things to learn. Um, so what do we do with the new information? Um, what, what do I wish would have happened when Galileo had gone to the Pope and said, I think you need to rethink your stance on this. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we, and we can do better than that. We can do better than that. And and, and you, you 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 make a you, you make a joke of like, well that did happen. But that's sort of our reaction even today when we're confronted with some new information, and uh, and and we don't literally cut people's heads off, but we literally cut them off. We're like, nope, that's that's I'm not I, I'm not going to go there. Um, and and we can think of several examples. I'm going to talk about one or two today, but there may be a ton more that are worth us all considering. We have had something new introduced to this argument in the last few years, and that is alternative facts. Alternative facts. Yeah. 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 Alternative facts. And and I don't know that I don't know how new that is, but are certainly our ability to 
project alternative facts and consume alternative facts has greatly increased just in the last decade. Um, because I, whatever it is you want to find, you can find it. You, know, you can find, uh, uh, many times we don't really and truly honestly seek information, we seek confirmation of how we already feel about something. There's a very strong group that believe in the flat earth still. Yeah, yeah, there are people who believe in the flat earth and um, uh, I guess, uh, yeah, all around the globe there's people like that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but we can make fun of people sometimes too, it's fine. We can be respectful. Um, uh, I, I do I do want you to ask some questions and email and some ideas uh, of things that, that, that you want to talk about. Maybe personal testimonies of, hey, I was having this conversation with a coworker of mine, um, and, uh, and, and I found it to be really challenging. Uh, I was, my, my, my teenage uh, daughter brought this home from school, and I don't know how to tell her to reconcile what she heard in church versus what she read in her, in her biology book. Um, I mean, those, those are those are types of things that I think that we need to. If we can't have conversations here at church, we certainly shouldn't be having them outside of church along those lines. So, need some su suggested uh, class topics. Um, uh, I've got a lot of them. I just don't want to only talk about things that I find interesting. Uh, suggested class reading we talked about, but I do want to say we need to base what we do on scripture and prayer and discerning and fasting and listening. Um, that doesn't mean that we base all of our scientific knowledge on Scripture, but I think that we base all of our scientific curiosity on Scripture. Like why, why do we want to know these things? Why do we want, why do we want to uh, decode the human genome? Uh, why do we want to figure out what's going on way down in the depths and the deep, dark secrets inside of an atom? Because um, we can use all of that, all of that stuff for incredible good that we can't even imagine. And we can use all of that stuff for incredible bad that we can't even imagine. And we as Christians have got to speak into those conversations by just saying uh, it's a hoax or I, 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 I can't understand that, therefore I'm not going to be a part of that. I don't think that's a good excuse for us. I think that we need to interject ourselves into these conversations. The stakes are too high for what's coming up. How about this? I've got three or four slides of just things I thought were interesting this week. Does anybody recognize this person? Corona. It's the coronavirus. Not a person. Um, that we know if it is, then we've got some real issues going on. You can't get it from drinking Corona. You can't get it from drinking Corona. Uh, you can't, uh, that we know of. That we know of. Um, there may be others. Um, so, <coughs> is this a big deal? Is this something to be afraid of? I, I don't know. Um, uh, th that's, that's, a, that's a discussion for, uh, uh, for other people. But I will say, on a Friday, I think I've got these dates right. On a Friday, they identified this virus, and by the time Monday rolled around, they had decoded his genome. Like they had all the gene genetic sequence of this virus in the span of just like 48 or 72 hours. It took, it took us, to the, the Human Genome Project, that we did, it took a couple of decades, and they did it over the weekend. Um, that's a good thing. That's a good thing that that can happen. Um, now, I don't know that that's gonna immediately translate into a vaccine, and, and this virus and all the ones like it are just gonna be a distant memory, 
But the fact that we're able to do that, I don't see how you can say anything but good about that. I mean, that, that, is, uh, that, that is good. Um, that is science helping humanity. Um, I just read, I, I read this article. I, it's just a screen cap, so I can't, I can't play this video. Uh, Easter Island society did not collapse prior to European contact, new research shows. Um, a little bit of a debate about what happened uh, when, when different societies collapsed. That's, that's a good one. Um, that's a good one. Uh, there, there's two books by Jared Diamond. Uh, uh, I think there's more than that, but there's two that I've read. Um, Guns, Germs, and Steel. And then the, the follow-up, uh, which I think is better, but I'm the only one who thinks, is called Collapse by Jared Diamond. Um, a, very, a very, very secular view about what happens uh, when, when civilizations collide. Um, and and why, why is it, in, in the Guns, Germs, and Steel, why is it that it was the Europeans who show, showed up on the shores of the New World and on Easter Island, and not the other way around? What were the set of circumstances? And, uh, and, and his point, several points, is that most of, the, uh, most of the conjecture about why that was the case is rooted in deep, deep uh, racism. It's, deep, it's rooted in, uh, in just... We are smarter, therefore better. We are civilized, they are not. Um, so that's the story of the conquering of the world. And, and his point is, is that, listen, in, in the new world, there, there, were, uh, there were no such thing as uh, livestock. Uh, there, were, there were a few llamas running around, but there weren't cows, there weren't, there weren't sheep, there weren't goats. Uh, all of the domesticated animals were over in the uh, in, in Mesoamerica, in, in uh, Mesopotamia. Um, with that comes pretty nasty diseases, cowpox. It turns into smallpox. Um, and so you have a whole half of the planet that has some sort of herd immunity that builds up, and then you have another half who's never seen any any sort of viruses like uh, uh, like what showed up on their shores. Is what drives technology. <coughs> technology is the reason that these people got over here instead of the Native Americans going there. Yeah. So what drives technology? What what drives what drive what drives technology? I, I drive technology, but <laughs> <laughs> you know I really that's that's a, I guess an anthropologist question. Guns, germs, and steel kind of addresses that too. Yeah. Yeah, do you want to elaborate on that? I, I, well, it has to do with need, right? If you're an aborigine living in Australia in the middle of the outback, you really don't need a car. Right. Right. So you don't need as many clothes. So, so hold the thought about aborigines living in Australia. Right? I have another slide coming up about them. But yeah, they, 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 they got what they need, right? They, um, and, and most of, most of that, uh, this hemisphere, the one that we inhabit now, was in a tropical area um, and people were able to there was there was always food there was always nuts growing on trees and there was always uh, 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 always food to eat and so yeah um, 
The only thing we forget about is Polynesian cultures actually traveled thousands of miles on the ocean to get here. They, the Polynesians came all the way. Well, yeah. There, there, so there was uh, there was like the foot route through uh, Alaska, and then they, there, there were people. Uh, uh, Easter Island was settled from the west. It was settled from Polynesia and. It was settled by people in boats, and you think, oh, well, obviously they were fishermen, and they got blown off course, and they got lucky and landed on Easter Island. Why did they have pigs with them? You don't go fishing with livestock. These were people who set out to go make a life somewhere. So, uh, so yeah, uh, anyway, all, all of this is, is fascinating to me. Uh, I found it fascinating. I read an article this week that there's a, a fungus growing inside the Chernobyl reactor. Uh, and uh, it, I don't know how many of y'all have seen the Chernobyl miniseries that came out uh, a few months ago, but it's a real pick-me-up. I thought <laughs> <laughs> it was a comedy, and man, I didn't laugh once. Um, but uh, it, it's really fascinating. And and uh, and when you talk about alternative facts, I don't want to give away too too many spoilers, but bad things happened at Chernobyl. But when you're talking about alternative facts. That's the point of the whole miniseries, is that how does a reactor blow up? Lies. It blows up because of lies. Because people knew some facts, and they put out some alternative facts. Um, and that's, that's why it blew up. Um, and, and now, in what, in what was called the harshest place outside of the sun, um, there's life finding a way. Um, which is amazing to me. That life, life finds a way to, to live in places like that. Uh, Antarctica hit a record high this week. 60, what was it, 67? 65, I think. Yeah, yeah, a nice balmy, uh, short sleeves type of weather in Antarctica, right? Um, it it still, still looks like they need to shovel their driveway uh, there, but yeah, uh, Antarctica hit a record high. And, and I know you're thinking, well, records don't go back that far, and... Sure, it doesn't go back millions of years, but we've had people gathering weather data down there for a hundred years, um, and primarily during the warm times because that's the only times you could get a ship there. Um, so yeah, they hit a record high uh, this this week. Um, so one of the things to think about, and, and when you have science and faith discussions at church. Um, I think for good reason, people gravitate toward, well, let's argue about Genesis, and let's argue about um, wh whether or not Jonah was actually inside of a whale. And we can have those. Those are, those are interesting, I think, necessary topics. But when you're talking about science and faith, um, I think climate change is one of those science and faith topics that we don't talk nearly enough about. And it's not because there's a panic button necessarily. It, in my, in, oh, I shouldn't say it like that. I don't mean it like that. What I'm saying is that I don't think we're offered the out of I don't understand that. I don't, I don't think we're offered the out of I don't understand that. I think we, at, at, the, at the very least, we should have the stance of people might suffer because of this. Therefore, I should be cognizant of this. Um, now, I mean, and, and people suffer. There, there's 200 million people in Bangladesh living this far above the, 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 uh, the sea level. That, we need to be cognizant of that. We need to realize that. 
Um, and, and I think that needs that, that should color uh, when, when we say uh, love your neighbor. Uh, sometimes our neighbors haven't been born yet. Sometimes our neighbors are going to come a few generations after us. And I think that that should really color uh, how we assimilate new information out there. And uh, there's a lot of discussion, a lot of argument, a lot of panic on one side and a lot of panic on another side about it. And I'm going to leave that to the people who like to panic. But, but in this class, in this class, I hope we can have honest discussions about what does, what does even the possibility of, of climate change, how does that color how we read the Bible? How does that color how we process uh, love your neighbor? Uh, because it should, it really should. One of our basic problems is we ask the wrong questions when <coughs> we look at those things. See, but now I want to say, well, what's the right question? But I'm afraid that's the wrong question. No, it's, <laughs> well, we know that the earth is going through warming and cooling cycles. Right, right. The question is not did we start it, but are we making it worse? Is it because of us? Well, yeah. are, are we, if it's a natural cycle, are we making it worse? Yeah. But... That's not the question that's being asked. The fight is over whether we began starting it. Right. And that right. may never be proven either way. Yeah. The, and, and, and I don't have a lot of patience with people who say, well, that's settled science, because I'm not sure that there's a whole lot that is, in the, in the strictest term, settled science. But 100 years ago, Arrhenius was saying, if you put more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, then the atmosphere is going to get warmer. That's not Al Gore. That's not some crazy lunatic. Some so and so. That is. That's been around for a hundred years. Um, nobody can say we aren't doing things that's putting carbon dioxide into the atmosphere, right? Or taking it out by cutting down a bunch of trees, the lungs of the earth. Um, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna play this because I just love it. Um, uh, th this is. Uh, I, I I'm groggy today. Uh, because I stayed up watching Planet Earth last night, and I couldn't, I couldn't stop watching it. Um, I'm just going to play this, because if we can't wonder at creation at church, um, we're missing out on how God is showing off, how God is communicating with His kids. Um, uh, as you watch this, uh, marvel at the, uh, at the animals, at the life, that has been created, that, that is a, uh, through DNA, a cousin of ours. Marvel at the mountains that have been created. Marvel at the airwaves, uh, at the internet that I'm streaming this over, hopefully that it's working. Um, marvel at the music that is just uh, audible mathematics uh, that, that is played in the background of this. Uh, because it's just beautiful, beautiful music and beautiful, beautiful sites.
Class won't get better than that today. It is, it is all downhill from there. Is that on Netflix or what is that on? Uh, yeah, you can get it on Netflix. Um, uh, it, yeah, I, 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 we've got like 80,000 buttons that on our TV that my 15-year-old knows how to work and I don't. Um, but yeah, yeah Plan, Planner of Two. The, the, the new one that's out right now, they're doing one, it's called uh, Seven, it's on each of the seven continents and they're just doing that uh, for each of the seven continents. And you watch that and, and, and I would think that should be some common ground for lots of people. It's like, I don't know how you could watch that and go, we gotta get rid of that, right? I mean, we 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 have to. I mean, that's our home. Um, that, that's our home, and we gotta take we gotta take care of it. Um, uh, it's our home. We're still trying to tend the garden. Uh, so you mentioned Aboriginal Australians. Uh, the 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 other the other thing I thought was interesting. This week, and I need to I need to refer to a note here. Um, Y'all know it, it, uh, you saw on the news that uh, last month uh, there were wildfires in Australia that burned a significant portion of that continent. Was that was that caused by climate change? I'll leave that up to other people. Was it made worse by climate change? Yeah, probably so. Uh, uh, so. Uh, one of the things that happened in, in southern New South Wales, an area burned, and they were able to see the ground for the first time. Uh, uh, and uh, so, you know, getting aerial photography, drones and things, uh, that's, that's a dime a dozen now. Uh, and they found this place called, uh, in, in the Gundit Jamara, Gundamara uh, Reserve, they found an area that they knew had been inhabited uh, by the Aboriginal people for a long time, uh, but they just didn't know the extent of what they uh, what, what had gone on. So for the past month or so, they've been doing studies down there, and they have found uh, aquaculture, uh, eel farming, uh, that is still going on, but they found human dug canals and ponds uh, where Aboriginal people were farming eels 6,000 years ago. 6,000 years ago. Some of these, it, it covers several thousand acres. Uh, some, of the, some of the eel farm canals are a thousand feet long. Um, and uh, I don't, I'm not really versed on how to eel farm, um, but it sounds like they need water. Uh, and, uh, and, and so they, they, they dug these canals and they, they let the eels grow and then the Aboriginal people would just go and that would be their grocery store and they would be able to they would be able to eat that. It was so impressive. So the British didn't dis discover uh, Australia uh, until 1770. Um, and then they said, well, that seems like a good place for us to put criminals, so let's just dump them all there. Um, in 1824, did I get that date right? No, I'm sorry, 1841, Augustus Robinson was the first uh, uh, British uh, sailor to see this area. And he described it. <coughs> he described it uh, as the 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 works, the civil works that he saw there, were so impressive. Uh, how did he put it? They were so impressive that uh, surely they must have been constructed by a European. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And, and when, when Augustus Robinson found out that no, in fact, no Europeans lived there, that it was uh, just the Aboriginal people, uh, they ceased to become impressive to him. And, 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 you, and you think about that, and you think about this new information that he saw, uh, and, and this was 1841. Uh, this was 1841, but you can you can rewind that to several several instances of one group of people meeting another group of people and not understanding their culture, not understanding their language, not understanding them, and just assuming that because I'm on the boat and you're not, I am better than you. Just assuming that I've got the steel. I've got the steel, and you don't, therefore I am better than you. And so what the British used, and I'm not dumping specifically on the British, um, but, uh, uh, but we do speak English. Um, the, the excuse that they used, and they had to grapple with, uh, was that there was a Roman phrase called terra nullis. Terra nullis. Uh, T-E-R-R-A-N-U-L-L-I-S. That the Romans used as describing land belonging to nobody. Land belonging to nobody. Which, if you're a Roman, that means if it doesn't belong to Rome, it belongs to nobody. Right? So all these tribes in, in Gaul, all these uh, tribes in Britain, all these tribes in Palestine, it's terra nullis. It doesn't belong to anybody. Jesus grew up in... Terra Nullis. He grew up from a Roman standpoint, from the superpowers standpoint, of in in land that belongs to nobody. Um, and I think that when we when we overlook uh, that it was Jesus's people who were the eel farmers, and it was the Romans who sailed up on the ships. Um, I think the Bible starts to read a little bit differently to us. Um, it starts to read a little bit differently to us because we can't help but read Scripture through the eyes of the superpower. We can't help but read Scripture through the eyes of the superpower. Um, and listen, I, I, this is not a dump on the U.S. class by any means. It, it, this is, yay, I, 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 this is, I've been in 30 countries throughout the world and this is, this is the best game in town, okay? Um, um, but, uh, but I, I think that it, I don't want to say pollutes, but it certainly changes the way that we read the Bible. Because, and this is going to sound icky, so please hear this the way I'm trying to say it, which is whatever you agree with. Um, in the Bible, the superpower never fares real well. Superpower never really comes out of things looking great, right? Um, Egypt doesn't really look all that good. Um, Rome kind of looks like the bad guy a lot of times. Um, I don't think that that's us, but there's precedent in, in throughout history, throughout Christian history, of Christians coming into new information brought to them by a superpower um, and, and turning that back around and going, yes, but our God was already there. Those things that you have, we, we see our God in that. And that, that concept is where I want to spend the next couple of weeks, is thinking about 
start thinking about the story of Scripture from the standpoint of terra nullis, of the land that doesn't belong to anybody. Um, the story of Israel had a lot to do with them living in terra nullis. They lived in land that didn't belong to anybody from the standpoint of the people writing the history. Okay? From the standpoint of the people writing the history and the standpoint of the people who had the legions of armies, uh, they, they were they were in the way. Uh, they were in the way. Um, so before I, and we may spend the rest of class on this topic, or, and just to threaten you, I've got uh, 20 more slides with a bunch of tables on it. So this will be a really good time for class participation. But um, can you think of in, 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 in the Bible narrative, times where, uh, where Jesus is, where God's children encountered new information where they had to, as a people, say, I'm going to have to think about how that information from that civilization impacts how I relate to my God and how I relate to my neighbor. Can anybody think of a slap in the face that they got? Daniel, when he was carted off to the Persian Empire. Yeah. And um, he and several other young Jewish men were offered, hey, you need the king's fees, blah, 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 we can compromise with us. Look at that and say, no, we see your choice foods, your choice meats, and everything, but we're going to stick to what our God has given us. And they turned out better. So, so uh, that, that, that is, I, mean, I don't even know where to start with that. Um, that you're welcome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I think class is done now. Um, the, uh, the, book of, the book of Daniel, all right, where the Israelites go to preeminent power at the time, the superpower. This is, this is the hanging gardens of Babylon. This is where the code of Hammurabi was already a thousand years old. Um, they go there and they see, man, there is, this is a pretty impressive place right here, right? And, and these are the people in the east. These are the astronomers. These are the people who look at the stars. These are the people who decided that maybe we should name a day of the week after the seven bodies in the in the sky that don't act like the stars. So that's why we have a day for the sun and a day for the moon and a day for Mercury and a day for Venus and a day for Mars and a day for Jupiter and a day for Saturn. That's our seven days of the week. That's a uh, that is an Eastern uh, Persian uh, invention, I guess. But even when Jesus was born, the, the, the people that lent gravitas to Jesus being born was the smart guys who looked at the stars from the east. They showed up. The, 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 them's smart people over there, right? I'm paraphrasing. But then, then you have this, then you have this, uh, this challenge, this, this devil went down to Georgia sort of challenge of, uh, of the, the Persians saying... If you want, uh, we want you to eat the food that's being offered to you. Be good, be good guests. And Daniel says, you know what? Our food is healthier. Um, and, and you read that, and you're like, this is the scientific method. This is a, we're going to state a problem. We're going to have a hypothesis that after a little while, we're going to be healthier than you guys. We're going to test the hypothesis, and we're going to say, you know what? We'll just take a look at us here in, in, a, in, in a few weeks. Um, 
And then we're going to draw conclusions about that. And then we're going to report conclusions. It, 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 when you step through, and I believe that's Daniel, I don't know, chapter 4 or some, somewhere, somewhere in that neighborhood, where you step through that, you're like, they're, they're working through the, the, the early stages of the scientific method. And the, spoiler alert, the, the scientific method started with Persians, not with Europeans. Okay, it was a, it was a, a Persian uh, development that that got really got going uh, through through some Islamic thinkers, and then it was borrowed by Descartes and other people too. And um, they they put it in a new wrapper and they sold it. Um, but but that that whole thing and and that that whole thing was the scientific method, um, which I think is fascinating. I think it's fascinating. So you have this this story in the Bible of meeting the smart guys over there, but bringing back with them a little bit of a narrative of we can we can design a test on this and just see see if it works. Anyway, yes. Long 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 talk. So be careful. <laughs> um, I think some some of the Israelites wandering in the desert and encountering people who were different to them and being afraid versus understanding that their God that God had given them the ability you know like when they saw um, what was it with the, with the walls and they're like walls this is crazy right right. they <laughs> structurally sound walls here and, 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 and they had to go back and go is our God bigger than walls I don't know let's yeah. think about it for four years right <laughs> and then let's go you right. know right is our God bigger than walls? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's such a great analogy. Is our is our God bigger than walls? Yes. Right. Is our God bigger than the walls of this church? Yes. Is God bigger than the walls that we put up uh, around our uh, around our nations? Yes. Right. Um, yeah, He's bigger than that. And and when we try to make God smaller than that, we're missing out on what I believe is the nature of God. Yep. Yeah, if, if we could have a whole class on walls coming down um, and probably make a lot of people irritated about that. But we, we could have a whole class on walls coming down as a metaphor for us being where God wants us to be. Um, because he's... Um, I, was have, I was having this discussion when I, when I was getting this coffee this morning um, with Josh Henderson, who's, who's crazy. Um, um, no, he's not. He's a really, really good guy, and he makes a good coffee. Um, but, uh, but we were having a discussion about Nehemiah, about the wall. And, and uh, we, we were having the discussion about how often is it that when God says to go do something, the, the person who hears that says, that's exactly what I wanted to do. Never, right? It's never, no, that doesn't happen. No, no, no recorded in the Bible of somebody saying, well, God told me to do exactly what I was hoping God was going to tell me to do, right? That's not the way that he works. Um, and so, in, anyway, uh, yes, it's a fascinating thing. Um, and and the whole story of Nehemiah is coming back from being in exile in, in Babylon and in Persia. What, what else? we got just a couple more minutes. I've got a couple. All right. um, so the first would just be Abraham um, being told, leave your house and leave everything you know and go. Um, yeah, that's way back in the early times, right? Right, and then yeah. I think um, definitely in terms of um, encountering new information, different information from each other, is definitely 
when you've got Abraham and Lot kind of having their two roads diverged in a yellow wood kind of Robert Frost scenario where they decide who's going to go where and take what, and they have very These took kind of a Quentin Tarantino turn. They covered definitely some new and different information from each other based on, based on those decisions. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and uh, so, yeah, Abraham is, is one of those that, that uh, he was, uh, God said, you know what, I want you to go somewhere else. I want you to go somewhere else. And, and you wonder, and, and, and this, is just, this is just the kind of stuff that I wonder. I wonder if Abraham is symbolic of the people who have everything that they need to have. They're living there on Easter Island. And they, they, they have the fruits, and they have the nuts, and they have the eels, and they, um, and, and God says, I don't want you to be that comfortable. I've got more planned for you than what you're doing right now. And I know that, that's the, that, that almost goes against what I was saying of, like, you know, God wants us to, uh, uh, to be uh, satisfied with what we have. But I don't think that we can, I, I don't think that we can dispute that at various times God says, you're comfortable, but that's not what my plan is for you. Abraham, go somewhere and you're going to be exceptionally uncomfortable. And your descendants, you're going to have a lot of them, and they're not always going to be comfortable either. Um, this, the story of Cain and Abel is rich in that sort of discussion too. Um, and it's kind of like the, uh, uh, the, 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 if you read it one way, you can read it as the struggle between uh, uh, agriculture and nomadic herding. That, um, that Abel was the sidebuster. He, he was the farmer. He was the one who said, Let we, the things that I do allows us to put down roots and we can grow things and feed ourselves. And Cain was the herder. Um, and he was the, so it was the classic uh, uh, classic struggle between the uh, uh, between the nomads and the people who want to put down roots. And when you read it that way, it kind of sounds really interesting that 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 you had the people who wanted to continue to be nomads who didn't like the people putting up the barbed wire fences and saying you can't graze your cattle here. Um, so <clears throat> anyway, uh, that's uh, last one. Oh, it's my mother. How about Joseph? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, you're not going to be comfortable either. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you, Joseph. And I'm gonna send you to a place uh, that you have only dreamed of. You're gonna see pyramids down there that literally dreamed of. That's right. You're gonna see pyramids that were a thousand years old when Moses saw them. Okay, you're gonna walk into a place. Where they have palaces and sphinxes and uh, and all sorts of things and 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 it is going to be amazing to you. Of course, I guess Moses came after Joseph. Uh, that's part of the story. But um, but you're going to see things in that civilization that you have only dreamed of. And on top of that, uh, in this story, you're going to have seven years of uh, of drought and you're going to have seven years of abundance. And you, civilization people, you're going to need to plan for the future. And you're going to need to build granaries. And you're going to need to uh, 
uh, need to not just live season to season, but try to live generation to generation. Uh, and plan, plan ahead for your kids for the, for the sake of, uh, of them uh, living a full life. So make yourself smarter while you're there. Learn how to do stuff and build stuff and plan ahead. That's not a small thing that comes out of Genesis, is humankind figuring out how to plan ahead. Uh, and part of the story of Joseph, I think, is a narrative of God saying, I'm going to put some stresses on you uh, so that you learn how to plan ahead. So, last last um, one. I, I just, I, this isn't about... Uh, I think it's important to note that when the Europeans came to the New World, that they came to fallen peoples, <coughs> that the tribes that lived in this part of the world were cannibalistic, and they did human sacrifices to the sun, the moon, and that they enslaved each other, and that the white Europeans, while their intentions were not good, were no different from the peoples that already lived over here, who did the exact same thing to each other which there's plenty of evidence of mounds of skulls, or even sacrifices were. And I think it's important to point out that the reason why Europe was so much further advanced was because we had churches, and we had orphanages, and we had hospitals, and we had all sorts of things that allowed people to live longer lives, which came from a Judeo-Christian background. Whereas you come to the New World, and they didn't have orphanages, they didn't have necessarily the same kind of hospitals and the same kinds of things. And that we live in a fallen world, period. And that everybody, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of culture or anything, are all fallen peoples. And we all need God. And the world itself has fallen as well. It groans. It groans. It, it, it has fallen uh, at, at various times and in various lengths and various ways, for sure. Let's pick up there next week, because I think that's a fascinating... Let's end with this question. Was God here? In 1491, was God here? And and chew on that. See see where that leads us next week, um, because that that really makes for an interesting discussion. Thank you for the for the comment.